have I got a short story for you. A night of drinking can lead to anything. Like an almost 80-year tradition of going on adventures that spans generations. But first, a word from today's sponsor, AndrePsyche.com. AndrePsyche.com is the cute, quaint corner store boutique with all sorts of neat and original merchandise you had no idea existed because... Big guys like Google ain't looking out for the little ones. So let me allow you to support a local artist. Andre creates literature, clothing, paintings, prints, accessories, music, poetry, podcasts, and best of all, he is a freelance creator extraordinaire. So if you need a completely custom, never been made before, totally original gift for someone you love or someone you hate, <laughs> message Andre and he'll make it, voila, happen. So go to andrepsyche.com and let your spirit guide you through all of the options. You're going to find something worth checking out for the same reason we here at the Getting to Know You pod love his site, because each and every item has a story behind it. Nothing is made. Everything is created on andrepsyche.com. We are also brought to you by the Getting to Know You pod. If you're listening to this short story, do us a favor. Most listeners really underestimate how powerful pushing subscribe is in supporting independent projects like this podcast. So do us a favor, push subscribe, rate and review in whatever app you're listening to the pod in. Also, you can friend and follow the pod. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's getting the number two. No, the letter U, pod, all one word. And finally, we are seeking sponsors to partner with. We are downloaded all across America and in countries around the world. So if you have a brand or business and are looking to increase your views, clicks, encounters, purchases, just message us through any of our social media. And now looking back, I guess it wasn't finally. Because, last piece of information, I swear, we do have a Patreon. So if you as a listener are looking to support the pod, go to patreon.com, search getting to know you pod, all one word, and leave a little monetary attaboy. Is that the right way to say it? Hopefully. And now, getting to know just a little part of you. Hello. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. My cup of tea. Why don't we start with a little uh, background here? Thank we're, you. We're Thank talking you. about all this and everybody's like, you know, they can't see. I have Ahab sitting next to me, even though we're not I can on hear camera. Him. I can hear yeah. him rocking. Yeah. <laughs> That's always been one of our jokes. It's like, I don't, I don't mind, you know, people talk to them and like I'll say something once in a while as a joke, but I always say once I start hearing him talk back, we're going to retire that day. <laughs> when you get stranded somewhere, dude, and it turns into like Tom Hanks with Wilson. Right. And, exactly. You know, and you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. He got over Wilson pretty quick, by the way. I don't think, do you think, I didn't think it was quick. I, that, that's a, that's a very debatable hot Maybe. button topic. Like, yeah, I guess it, it's be just because he floated away. So it was just like, did he cut ties very quickly type of thing. 
but or, or was he letting what he loved go? Because if oh. you truly love something, you need to let it go. Maybe Wilson didn't want to go on that journey. Maybe Wilson was happy and content yeah. and he secretly knew it. And he Here. was freeing Wilson for his You're next adventure. Opening my eyes to a whole new version of that movie. I now. mean, it's something I'll, to I'll consider. Have to rewatch it. It's something. I, it, there's nothing to substantiate it, but it really is something that I've thought about where Wilson was born of adventure, right? He was birthed out of chaos. Yeah, he basically went skydiving to a remote, secluded island and, and survived. lived there for years. I mean, and had several enhancing surgeries that yeah. made him beautiful. And what is Hanks trying to do? He's trying to bring him to a, a sedentary life where, at best, he gets put in a clear cube. Yeah, or and, is used as an actual volleyball. <laughs> refurbished. <Yeah. laughs> At a middle school. And Wilson's like, man, they don't even know how to spike. Is this really uh, why I made this trek? So you <laughs> wonder, like, did he, did Hanks, because Hanks, again, if you talk about training, dude, like that, I'm pretty sure that guy could have got him, right? Like, I mean, I just right. feel like Hanks had it in him to dolphin up and do some sort of swimming technique to grab Wilson had he wanted to. I really think either mentally he couldn't deal with Wilson. Like Hanks need to cut all ties to the island, like burn your ships. We're not going back. Or he was, he loved Wilson and he knew Wilson needed that next adventure. Yeah. And who knows that lady that designed the wings there that kept him going probably wouldn't have wanted Wilson around anyways. Now that I think about it. That's a good point, right? Like the slogan jealousy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Dude, I hated the wing thing. I hated that. That was not resolved. That's so, well, you know, luckily in our culture, we're going to run out of even more movies to make sequels to. So I'm sure there'll be a castaway too, sooner than later. The wings, the wings somehow lead to someone getting stranded. Yeah. <laughs> dude, that's another great sidetrack. So glad we got into castaway. <laughs> but dude, you had mentioned passed on this family life hobby. I'm assuming that somehow goes to the background of how you yeah, wind so up with this. I'll try to. I'll say it's an elevator pitch, but it'll probably be a few minutes. Good. But, I like it. I so like it. my grandfather was drafted to serve for World War II, and he always wanted to be a pirate. So he thought it would be cool to join the Navy since, you know, 300 years too late. But modern day <laughs> piracy for him was being on a ship in the middle of the ocean. So in the service, he joined the Navy. And July 18th, 1943, he was sitting in a pub with his new um, comrades and they were sort of drinking the night away because they were all starting to realize this could very well be the last night they're in the States altogether. And as the sort of tension, you know, that you could cut with a, with a knife in the room, everybody was quiet and everything as the night went on and they weren't so much celebrating. Some of the officers told um, the guys about pranks that are pulled, you know, usually before they leave port. And this prank in particular was about commandeering something from that port town and making it a stowaway on the ship. And the whole idea was, you know, 12, 18, however many months later, when you come back, you would write a scrapbook. You know, if somebody had a camera by chance, which was very rare back then, it would take a few pictures, write a few notes and everything. And when you get back to port, you would take, for instance, this lawn gnome, knock on the door, hide in the bushes and put the gnome in the book you know, somewhere where they would see. And the ones very sad parents would be very happy. And then it was sort of like you were saying about Wilson. It's like, oh, mom and dad, I was sort of sick of just being a lawn gnome. I wanted to get out there and see the world. And you guys just look at me in a certain way. But 
this prank sort of repurposed and gave a second life to things. This is me reflecting on it right. years, dude, decades later. Dude, 1943. But, did did I yeah. get that right? That's yeah. awesome that they were that stupid funny. Like that they just got giggles and chuckles out of right. something that good, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, so it, it sort of made the, you know, the members of all the crews and everything, it distracted them. Right. Like they knew they were going to war, but this is like, hey, have some harmless fun, right. you know, and just get through it. So, yeah, Ahab woke up in a duffel bag on the LST-80-84 and did his tour. And they all got back to port safe and sound, luckily. And they were celebrating on the on the dock about, all right, now we'll wait till tonight. You know, probably go to that same pub and everything and sort of drop them off. And as they were talking about it, they realized that they got so inebriated that night before they left. And they'd never been to that town before. And it was a year and a half later. And they searched the town for three days, couldn't find the house. <laughs> <laughs> so they decided instead of just being like, okay, we'll leave them somewhere. You know, they're like, you know what? We'll bring them home. And every year on July 18th of that week, they would get back together. And as they got older, they got married, had kids, those kids had kids. And they ended up buying a piece of property in uh, the Catskills of New York. And every year in that in the summer, they get back together and these four four families basically grew up together and we became this one humongous family. And it was just a crazy hoot nanny every year. No, all be like literally all because they stole the Ahab that I'm seeing on Instagram. Yes. From nineteen forty nine. Forty three. Oh my forty three. <laughs> so yeah, and then so for the first ten years of my life at this this hoot nanny. I thought this whole thing was about me because it just so happens my birthday is July 18th. So every year we'd have a birthday party, but the real party was in the barn sort of off on the side of the property. That was their man cave. (laughs) And by my 10th birthday, I decided, you know, I'm I'm brave enough. I'm going to get up because I sort of heard them causing a ruckus out there in the barn. And none of the, none of their kids had ever, they sort of just didn't even, like debate it with them. They're like, Nope, nobody comes out here, but us <laughs> and the grandkids, you know, we were told there's like pitfalls and bear traps and all kind of like, none of us, we were all scared. We were all around 10 years old, you know, give or take. And, but anyways, I got up in the middle of the night that night and, and, uh, trekked out to the barn and one thing led to another, but for the next nine years, I got to sit in on this card game that they were having out there. Oh. And it was really cool. Like I was, the little kid and back then they were just I was thought it was amazing just when they're like, Oh yeah, go grab a beer out of the cooler. I was about to say you're the gopher, man. Like right. they they just they didn't realize they needed that to yeah. just make it complete. <laughs> right. But then I got to sit there and watch them all basically give each other a hard time with their big fish stories and war stories, adventure stories and all this. But I learned that they played cards all night and whoever won the the game didn't win the money they threw in. But that person got to pick where they brought Ahab. And for the next week or so, they would go on another adventure to just sort of reseal the camaraderie that they had that revolved around the statue that they all basically met in the service. So they did this for 59 years. Holy shit. Until my 19th birthday. And that night ended sort of like any other. And I sort of, you know, went to bed. They all stayed up way later. I don't, I don't know how they did it. But the next morning, usually I would go, I had a key to get into the back door of the barn and I would clean up after him and everything. Cause that was sort of my 
like reminiscing period where they would all leave and I would still be there. And nobody else in the family really knew what, like they knew they had Ahab, but they didn't, they didn't quite understand why they were carrying this statue around. You know, they never quite got it. But when I went back out there the next morning, they were all still around the card table. And before I could really figure it out, my grandfather handed me an envelope and told me, since Ahab and I share such a special date together, it's only fitting we share in all the adventures that follow it. So they gave me the winnings from that year's card game, told me to wake up my friends that I had at, you know, at the, at the, the farmhouse and get in the car and start driving. And that's when myself and my core group of friends started our, our uh, caretaking responsibilities for Ahab. I and that can't, was I can't just about math. 19 years ago. I was about to say, I can't do the math. So you're 2001. Wow. Ish. Yep. 2002. Man. Yeah. Can you, what are some of the, I, I want to say dopest or craziest, but I don't know if that's <laughs> besmudging your grandfather. If that's too no. like, like, like a, what I, I feel like I need to have reverence in this moment for something that has that deep of it. Actually, you know what? I got to pause. Did they go like quarteries, halvesies on a home in the Catskills? Like the the four guys actually co-own this thing just to bring their families and have an excuse for like a vacation. Yeah. So it was that like, I I think about it now to think about having that summer camp or second home. It's like, it's almost impossible, right? But a hundred years ago, or whenever it was, everybody was just like, oh yeah, property costs four cents up there. I'm just going to buy 10 acres, you know? Right. I, fe- I feel like we're growing up in the wrong time type of thing. Like it's too expensive to go to space, but we've explored everywhere here. So, and everything's bought and sort of accounted for already. Yeah. So we're, never mind everything else going on, but. Right. No, dude. But yeah. So they that- bought it as sort of like that. Yeah. Let's all go in on it and we'll hang out there. And I'm sure the first couple of years, it wasn't a family friendly, uh, establishment. <laughs> but you know, as they settled down and started having families and all that stuff, it just became, you know, it was the, the four families there, but it was, there was so many other of their, you know, uh, old Navy buddies that would show up with their families. And some of them were more closer to the core of it, but it was really like the four of them that were the ringleaders. And, what are some of those through? Cause dude, I'm like, I'm trying to picture 1943 from my history books or whatever, like movie references. Mm-hmm. And I cannot imagine schlepping around this 40 pound thing and the adventures that these, these military servicemen getting on land. And in my head, I'm like, dude, they have how many car wrecks has Ahab been in? Where they're like just pissed drunk on some out backwoods country road, you know, like slamming whiskey or something like that. Right. And those are the things with, with them. When I started my leg of this, this, uh, journey, I said, everybody that I shared, you know, whether it's a shorter version of that story or a longer version, even I just remember each time I tell it, I leave out pieces, not on purpose or add pieces, but, um, everybody that hears it. I try to take a picture of them in Ahab and that's the trade-off. And then we started making a collage on our wall, which turned into our whole living room after four years of college. And then after that, now there's 9,000 pictures of them in over 200 different places all over the the world. There's been to seven different countries, I believe now all over the States. We try to do some kind of big 
road trip every year like they used to do. But their adventures weren't like, oh, we're going to go, you know, halfway around the world. They were just like, ah, let's go rent a cabin even further up in upstate New York and go hunting. Or, you know, they still brought them, but the focus wasn't, oh, that's going to look good on Instagram tomorrow. Yeah, right. Right. They were just hanging out. And these were very quiet guys during the year. My grandfather said the, the most I've ever heard him say or ever heard him, you know, he's, he's been gone for a while now, but it's only when he used to like put his fist out the window while he was driving and be screaming at another driver. The rest of the time, he was just the <laughs> quietest part. I heard him say six words all year type of thing, you know? And maybe that was just around me, but, but yeah, but when him and his buddies got together with Ahab, they were all like little kids again. They just reverted back to that 19 year old self. Right. And you could tell, like, looking, I keep trying to like add more details to it, but I really feel like this was, you know, before there was really a word for PTSD and that kind of stuff, yeah. like, you know, it was called shell shock and everything else. But I think this was their, like their reset, like this really just like brought them back down to like a, a level, you know, and, and recharge them. And then the rest of the year they would go back out and be like, all right, you know, I still have my, my core and they all got together for a silly reason. Right. But it was just that excuse they made and it worked like, cause Think about how many, how many people do you still talk to from high school or college or like yeah. a job that you had for a while type of thing? Like soon as you sort of leave that pattern, it's people over, start man. disappearing. Yeah. Even, even your bestest with, friends. Yeah. Even with social media now, then we have that right. advantage. Like I couldn't imagine them trying to make a long distance phone call and how much that would have cost back then. You know, right. like it just, it, 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 it was so much more inconvenient back then to maintain the relationships than it is now. And today it's so easy to lose them. Yeah. So, and they were friends for the better part of six decades, like clockwork every year they would be at this thing and they would still visit throughout the year, Right. but it's, they never missed a single year at that party like that, yeah. that week long thing. And the family stayed after when they disappeared for a little while with they have and all that stuff. And we all hung out and everything, but that sort of hoot nanny on, on the 18th was really their like, we're doing this every year. It was almost like the disclaimer, I'm sure for the, you know, their wives, their kids, everybody. Yeah, right? like, nope. This time of year, you're not going to find me. This is what we do. And I, I thought it was, I try to re not reenact it, but that card game, I haven't quite, we haven't found a spot. We don't own that property anymore. Mm. Um, it was one of those, it was a silly thing. I should have kept it when I had the chance, but when they, they all passed away pretty close to each other in time wise. And the families just started squabbling about, you know, monetary pieces of it instead of like what that property meant. And I was too young to sort of fight them all back. So, yeah, that's, and I don't want to go down a negative road on such a beautiful story, but it's funny because that is initially where my mind went when you were talking about them purchasing the home together with, the purest of intentions, even though it's sinfully pure. Right. (laughs) But like that's like, you just think of the legality now in something like that and all the, the, the hurdles and obstacles that you'd have to overcome. And it's like, they wouldn't want to do it. You wouldn't want to do it. But back then to hold on to that for so long, it's, it's innocence, man. It's pure. It's Peter Panish. Right. Yeah. Like you're going back to Neverland. Yeah. So it's, 
that's that's sort of like the background piece of it. And then when I acquired them when I was 19, I was at the University of New England studying uh, marine biology because I was brainwashed to be a pirate when I grew up. So that was the same thing, 350 years too late, but I could be a marine biologist and I dabbled in whitewater raft guiding. So during the school year, I was studying to be on a boat. And during the summers, I was guiding a boat, dressing like a pirate. So I just, it's, it's been a fun ride so far, having the mentality of a wannabe pirate, just like Captain Ahab. And I've now become an expert on the subject I like most, getting to know you. Thanks to Jeej for coming on the Getting to Know You pod. Um, be sure to follow him on Follow him on Instagram, Ahab Adventures. Also, be sure to subscribe to the Getting to Know You pod so you can hear his full episode when it's released tomorrow. Thanks to AndrePsyche.com for sponsoring the Getting to Know You pod. Go to AndrePsyche.com for unique, thoughtful merchandise with a story behind it that you're not going to find or hear anywhere else. Before you stop listening, faithful, loyal listener, Push the subscribe button on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, or whatever podcast platform you pushed play on. Your support is very much appreciated. Friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can also support us through our Patreon, Getting to Know You pod, all one word. Finally, if you or someone you know would like to expand your market and get word out about your brand or product, consider partnering with the Getting to Know You pod. Our rates are extremely reasonable, and we're just starting up. So much like all of our guests, we would appreciate you believing in what we are doing and getting in on the ground floor. How, you're wondering? Just message us through any of our social media platforms. Hasta luego.